I also think, I mean, we just joke that we can use these things against the child, you know, like if the child does something wrong, we can be like, you have no idea how good you have it, you know. <laughs> I was pregnant with you in a pandemic. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to The Low Season, a podcast about tour guides navigating a pandemic. I'm Wouter Bernhardt, a tour guide from Berlin, though last week I couldn't remember anymore what year the TV tower was completed. Kind of embarrassing. I have for you a wonderful guest that goes by the name of Lorna Cannon. Lorna has been a longtime tour guide in Berlin, was responsible for setting up the Refugee Voices Tours, of which Mohammed spoke in an earlier episode. And Lorna is also expecting her very first child. You know, you think about like all the things that can happen in pregnancy, things that can go wrong, but for some reason I didn't put pandemic on my list. So, of course, we're going to talk about what it means to put a kid into this world. You know, this <laughs> this poor child has has a lot to uh, to think about already. But also what happens when you're a freelancer and you get injured. I already had this experience last year because I broke my ankle at the beginning of the season. Here is Lorna Cannon. Here we are, Lorna Cannon. Yes. It is Monday. Is it? I've lost, <laughs> I've lost track of the days. It's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> Do you feel like uh, it doesn't really matter so much anymore? Monday, Sunday, Thursday? I think, yeah, it definitely feels like what's the point of, of keeping track of the days? Um, but I think I got a shock today because I realized it's the 13th of April and I was like, well, I thought that April just started and we're already in the middle of it so so how do you think that uh how do you think April just escaped from you uh, so much have you been busy um I I should have been busy (laughs) um I'm trying to write my master's thesis right now um so most of my time is is taken up by thinking about the fact that I should be writing it are you writing it (laughs) <laughs> uh, not not very well I, I really don't work well at home um, I can't concentrate I, I just get distracted um, so it's it's really difficult like normally I go to the library every day and now obviously that's that's not possible so I'm, I'm struggling a bit what are you what is your master thesis on uh, it's about immigration uh, detention in the UK and whether it complies with international human rights law Mm-hmm. Are you are you studying law? Yeah, I'm studying international human rights and humanitarian law. Um, so you're you're writing your master thesis means that you're almost at the end of your studies. Yes, nearly. I should be graduating. Uh, this should be my last semester, um, and yeah, should be done with my. Oh, I should be done with my thesis in June, and that that's the last thing. That's quite exciting, no? It is, yeah, it's exciting. Um, and I'm glad I have something to focus on <clears throat> right now. Um, but uh, yeah, it's obviously it's it's a little bit difficult because I'm just not somebody who can focus well at home. Yeah, and that's something that I think we're all missing, being tour guides, not being able to be outside in the streets uh, these days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's strange. And I think it's really odd for like for tour guides to... Also, we're so used to having human interaction all the time with new people and, you know, just small talk and chit chat and not having that is has been really odd because I've been tour guiding for so long now. So it's strange to, yeah, to not know when that's going to come back as well. 
Yeah, how, how long have you been a, a guide? Uh, for, it will be seven years next month. Mm, that's a, a mm-hmm. fair while. Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a long time. So um, I was actually planning um, when my master's is finished anyway to try and find a job in that field. Um, so this was going to be possibly my last season of, of tour guiding. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear that uh, here and there that um, this for people has, has sort of sparked um maybe sort of mental process of an extra kick to think like, oh, maybe that thing that I, w- I wanted to do anyway, this is maybe a good moment to start focusing on it. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Um, I can see how this might make people like change track and start thinking about something, doing something else. I think it also makes us feel like our jobs are quite insecure. Um and I already had this experience last year because I broke my ankle at the beginning of the season. Um, so I already had this kind of moment of like, oh, wow, if if you can't work as a tour guide, then it's it's difficult because obviously we're all freelancing. Yeah. And if you don't have anything in place, um, savings or some sort of a insurance, then you're basically screwed. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't know many tour guides who like who have massive savings um or have some kind of employment insurance i don't think there's many of us or maybe maybe it's just me but i i think a lot of people had oh no i i think you're right i think i don't know many people have um much savings maybe they can survive for a month or two but many many people i spoke to were also on their their last ends already i mean it was of course the end of the low season um march when all of this happened so people were supposed to sort of have depleted their savings a Mm -hmm. little bit yeah that's the thing about seasonal work it kind of hit us in the worst time you you said you you broke your ankle How, how long were you out of business for uh so that put me out for like um it was almost two months um yeah and I actually that happened to me whilst I was on a tour (laughs) yeah I just I because I'm the tour manager so I do tours around Europe and I was in the Czech Republic and it was a very like cobbled street and I didn't see this big dip in the cobbles so I just yeah my ankle just went and um yeah I wasn't really not expecting it obviously um I only had a couple of days left of that tour so I carried on on crutches and then um yeah, and then I came back to Berlin and it was actually worse than I thought it was. So then they told me like, yeah, you're not going to be working for a few months. And I didn't follow the doctor's orders exactly because I went back to work much sooner than they said I should. Why did you do that? Because I needed to financially. Yeah, it was also the beginning of the season last year that that happened. And I, I was studying and you know, I had this big plan for last year, like as long as I can work these tours and earn this much money, then I'll be okay to uh, to study as well. So it was it really hit me hard last year. Um, and the plan, like the financial plan that I had made. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so it was it was a bit of a shock. But I think it kind of prepared me for this because when this happened, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I remember this happening to me last year as well. Do you have any, yeah, concrete advice, or do you, maybe could you tell me a little bit of what you did when you broke your ankle? Like how how did how did those months 
sort of go by? Um, yeah, I mean, it was very different because I was in quite a lot of pain then. So it was kind of like always on my mind. Um, and obviously I wasn't able to be mobile, really. I couldn't get around very much. So it was much more depressing than this situation. Um, and I was also commuting to Frankfurt Order, which is like two hours away um, because I had classes every day. Uh, that's where my university is. So I, I was just exhausted. And, it, you know, when something like that happens, nothing, everything keeps going. You know, you're the only person who's kind of stopped. And this <laughs> situation feels a little bit like not easier, but it's just that I'm not the only one. So this kind of collective suffering or this collective solidarity that we're seeing now, it's it's much nicer than when it's just you. Why, why is that specifically? Because, of course, um, even if you're not the only one that is out of work and employed, you're still unemployed. Yeah, true. But I think last year, I don't know, It's I think it's more kind of lonely feeling when you when you're having your own personal crisis that stops you from working and you kind of like you know I went through this thing like I was blaming myself like how stupid that I didn't see this dip in the cobbles and I just fell like a child so I was also kind of beating myself up about it but this situation there's literally nothing I could have done to prevent this from happening so I think it's a little bit easier to accept and just you know you can talk to other people about how they're dealing with it and yeah kind of it I don't know somehow it feels a little bit easier what are what are your um yeah immediate uh, sort of weeks looking like I mean um, there is there is no tour guiding work are you already thinking about something else to do do you see yourself coming back as a tour guide in the future well, I'm in a bit of a unique situation because uh, this was going to be, I, I had a lot of work set up for um, these months, but I am pregnant. So in I'm, I'm having a baby at the beginning of August. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, obviously hadn't realized that there was going to be a pandemic. <laughs> so What? Um, you didn't realize this? <laughs> I didn't plan for that you know you think about like all the things that can happen in pregnancy things that can go wrong but for some reason I didn't put pandemic on my list um <laughs> so I yeah I I guess I won't be going back to guiding anytime soon because I don't imagine that you know the the tourism industry is going to open up again this year and definitely not in the next few months how do you feel about um yeah, sort of your your kid being born while this is probably still all going on. I mean, <laughs> I think it's so strange because, you know, my my child will be half British and half Syrian. Um, and, you know, that there's like obviously the, the Syrian uh, war. Um, and then there's also a lot of issues in the UK with uh, kind of political turmoil and I just I always thought you know when I first found out I was pregnant I was like oh gosh this child is coming into the world in such a strange time and it's going to have to face so many things that you know a lot of children won't have to even think about um, so I already worried that they, <laughs> they had a little bit too much on their plates 
Um, and then obviously this pandemic happened and it just sometimes it just feels like you know like I'm in a tragic comedy or something like it's it's just you know sometimes we just laugh about it because we just think really <laughs> this you know this mm. <laughs> this poor child has has a lot to uh to think about already well well luckily they don't really think about these things too much they think mostly about where their food is coming from (laughs) if mom is stroking me enough or giving me (laughs) enough attention you know those are the immediate worries oh in the fair in the next couple of years yeah true but i think it will be interesting you know depending on how things how the situation develops because obviously you know we don't know what the the economic ramifications of this are going to be and where the world is going to go after this hopefully not into a really dark place but you know if things recover you know if the economy recovers well and the pandemic um is over i think it will be a really interesting story to tell the child like you know when when i was pregnant we were in lockdown and you know it was just such a strange surreal time but i also <laughs> think i mean we just joke that we can use these things against the child you know like if the child does something wrong, we can be like, you have no idea how good you have it. You know, <laughs> I was pregnant with you in a pandemic. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's already, I like the fact that you guys are already thinking about that. But like a sort of, uh, how do you say, blackmailing the kid. Exactly. <laughs> Emotional blackmail. <laughs> you have to use blackmail. this against them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, one of the, like, one question that I still had um, is, how do you feel that, about the fact that you might have had your last tour. Yeah, that's really weird for me that I might have had my last tour without knowing because I don't remember what it was. <laughs> um, I hadn't really worked this year. Um, I can't remember exactly the last tour I had and I wish I had known that it was the last. Um, like, Because I, I do tour managing, the last tour managing tour I did uh, away was last year and actually halfway through um, a close relative of mine died and I had to leave really suddenly um, and so I didn't even finish the last tour that I was going to do so it's it's really weird it's kind of I feel like I've been torn away from tour guiding f- even f- from last year so um, yeah it's it's really strange but I think you know, probably I will still do a couple of tours, even if I, even if I change my career. How will, how will you remember your 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 tour guiding years? I will always remember my tour guiding years with with fondness, and you know, I think I've just met so many people from all over the world. I've had so many interesting conversations. I've also had a lot of really frustrating conversations. Um, I think I honestly think like the tour guides of the world should get together and write a book about things that we have heard and and the questions we've had to answer. Um, it's such an interesting job, and people ask me all the time, like, "Don't you get bored?" It's not possible. I think it's not possible to be bored when you are meeting so many different kinds of people every day. So, I think I'll miss it. Um, I miss it already and uh, yeah I don't I'll probably go back to it at some point in my life well I I 
want to thank you so much for chatting to me, Lorna. I hope you are able to yeah, get some productivity on the master thesis of yours. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe like, I don't know, in, in the future we can chat again, see where you're at, how you're doing and what your thoughts are on, on what's currently going on. Um, but for now, I, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Yes, you too. I hope that you're not going to uh, stir crazy at home. It's it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's that sounds like it's become a mantra. You just tell yourself it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, there's there's uh, good days and there's not so good days, and and today is I think a fairly good day. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, got to roll with the punches. All right, Lorna. Well, have a wonderful day and speak soon. Okay, speak to you soon. Bye bye. Bye. That was Lorna Cannon, everybody. I think it's a great idea to put a book together with all of our tour guide experiences. The Anthology of Bad Questions, a tour guide edition or something like that. I expect it's going to be solid gold, ladies and gentlemen. The weekend is about to embark upon us and that means time for an update. It has been almost four weeks since the launch of the low season. Now in those four weeks, we already published 21 episodes, heard from 25 different tour guides and so far conducted 78 interviews to learn more about what's going on in the wider guiding community. I also wanted to let you know that I had my very first international conversations this week. I spoke with guides from New York City, Washington DC, Lisbon, Madrid, Munich, Zurich, Luzerne, Rome, Vienna, Vancouver and Melbourne. At the moment I'm just collecting stories and voices. I'm not entirely sure yet how I'm going to present them to you, if it will be the same or if there will be some sort of a different format. I think we'll have another two weeks of voices from Berlin and then we'll break it open and turn the show into an international low season. I'm really excited to share all these voices and experiences with you over the next couple of weeks and months. But in the meantime, I need your help. If you know of any amazing tour guides around the world, and I mean literally around the world, then do let me know. Send me a message at thelowseasonpodcast at gmail.com and I'll get right back at you. The Low Season is produced by me, Wouter Bernhardt. Music is by Mark Schilders. Artwork is by Sergio Membrias. Georgia Riungu is the Shostakovich of pesto making. Next week, we're back with five more brilliant tour guides. For now, hasta la vista. Speak to you soon, my friends. have no idea how good you have it you know <laughs> I was pregnant with you in a pandemic <laughs>